Lights, camera, action. When a script is written that is so bad, no one will film it. These brave podcasters will bring it to life just so they can mock it. This is Table Reads. So the movie's kaput, which means your script ain't worth the buffalo shit on a nickel. Table Reads with Sean McBee, Jeff Lewis, and Joshua Baker. That's right. We have returned to you one more time for episode 129 of Table Reads. Goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. (laughs) See ya never. It did sound like the last time. It's it's not the last time. No matter how much you all wish it were. You just caused like 20 accidents on the freeway. No, yeah, no matter how much the world outside burns to the ground. We're just well, going to keep coming back and talking shit about scripts. The Look, the whole world it, catches on fire and it just helps us light this pile of scripts, really. That's it. We're going after the last piece that isn't on fire. Their creative spirit. And now if we can crush that, it's a complete... <laughs> Jesus, Jeff. <laughs> yes, give in to the dark side. <laughs> oh, boy. Previously on Table Reads. Having recently escaped Tonawi, finally... Our heroes end up engaging in a massive space dogfight with the evil Galactic Kingdom, because that doesn't sound dumb, and escaped in a way familiar to Star Wars fans by flying into a dangerous asteroid belt and surviving due to equal parts luck and the piloting skills of an effete protocol droid. When we left off, they were heading for one of the Forbidden Systems, which I believe was meant to feel very ominous fade in and we are on scene 122 <gasps> i went right to it on accident oh man i did it on i i have two computers and one had the thing still up <gasps> we finally got it together here on the last episode of <laughs> <laughs> aft section starship space Captain Valor was considerably shaken in the destruction of his laser turret. He is slightly dazed as Oxus straps him into a life pod with A2. You remember uh, Justin Valor got sucked out into space. Remember he he wouldn't leave his gun turret and and then it got blown up and he got sucked out into space. And they they got him back somehow, I guess. I don't know. One of the greatest scenes in cinematic history. Guys, we haven't recorded in two weeks. I just want to <laughs> fill you in. It has been a fortnight, and we are rusty. Fortnight? Not that right. fortnight. <laughs> um, you watch him. Make sure this pod gets off the ground, all right? Oh, so, <clears throat> sorry. I read two sentences. You watch him. Make sure this pod gets off, all right? A2 nods, and Oxus moves to the second life pod and straps himself in next to the princess. I bear right. I think so. His feelings for you are dangerous. You should discourage him. She is surprised that Valor has any feeling for her, but keeps her emotions to herself. Arr. 123. Bridge. Starship. Yavin. Or can I just say, like, this is so Anakin and uh, mm. Padme, right? 
It's like Which so. One? They're they're little like out of nowhere romance. Oh yeah, no. This is, it was the one that we said was built off of like him hitting her and yeah, like just constant nagging like from both of them. Yeah, and then they we're just told that they love each other. Yeah, there's so much in this script that George is like, well, you know, I I got discouraged from writing that, so I'm just gonna save it until I fund my own trilogy that no one else has to pay for, and then a bunch of whiny fucking millennials will love it, and everyone else will be like, what the fuck was that? And then I'll. I'll sell it for seven billion dollars and cry. <laughs> I, maybe, maybe we can read into this as like uh, Lucas has intimacy issues. Like he can't write a good couple. The, the the first good couple that he tried to write ended up being like brother and sister, and then he <laughs> like fucked that right off and put her with a truck driver, and then destroyed that later. Mm. You know, I think editing the first Star Wars is why his wife divorced him. <laughs> They're like us, honey. He's like, ah. I want to be married sister. anyway. <laughs> Having to turn this shit into what we got on screen is too much for me, George. I can't carry it's you. It's because you won't wear the Leia costume. <laughs> I'm in love with which, you. No. Which at that I'm point so was just a, a white sheet. <laughs> Whoa! She didn't have the bikini <laughs> <Jesus>. yet. <laughs> no, Sean. Well, I just her her dress is just a white drapey thing, is what I meant. Yeah, I didn't yeah. mean that she was walking around like like a clan member who left her hood at home. Ah, uh, print the princess from Clucks Clanicus. <laughs> Okay, let's get back into the reading. We got a YouTube comment that they wish I would stop interjecting with my thoughts so often. Did oh, we, fuck. Did, did we really? Yes, yes, we did. What oh, no. Fuck that guy. Don't bring He said it makes him want to stop listening. So, you know what? <laughs> fuck the script. I'm just going to talk about my feelings the whole time. I hate this podcast where they talk and then they, they say stuff. <laughs> I thought this I thought this was an audio book, goddammit. <laughs> we don't need that one guy. Screw you, one guy. Or lady. You, one guy. <laughs> you, little, you little bitch. <laughs> Fight in the streets. Um <clears throat> Bridge, Starship, Yavin Orbit. Oh Yavin, we got Yavin! Cool. That that stayed. Yahtzee. It's it's the only name that he came up with for a planet that had like the right proportion of vowels to consonants that you could like right. read it easily. You know how many produ- how many games of Scrabble his production assistants had to go through to name all these fucking planets. Though. <laughs> <laughs> so, I gotta say, if you're playing Scrabble and you want something to justify one of your bonkers words, get this script. Oh, yeah. You will win at Scrabble. Yeah. The general is strapped into the life pod with the two micro packs containing the young princes. Oh, yeah. The kids are in backpacks. I forgot. Backpack kids. (laughs) Life support backpacks. Uh... Han and C3 are in the second life pod. We're in orbit. Well, my bad. 
<clears throat> We've got to eject now. Those reactors won't hold much longer. This ship's going to end up in a million little pieces, and I don't want to be one of them. <clears throat> All the life pod systems are operative. Skywalker is Kenobi, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> if you boys are ready back there, we'll get off this bucket. All systems operative. I have the signal. <clears throat> All systems operative. We have the signal. <laughs> what? What is? Okay, proto proto R two. What? What's your deal? You just repeat after people? It, well, he changed it. It's not I. It's we for the second reading. Wow! So he's saying, like, I'm here too, shithole. Yeah, yeah, we got it, we got it. Han salutes the general and his life pod jettisons away from the crippled starship. He is quickly followed by the general. Aft section, starship, Yavin orbit. A2 pushes the jettison switch, but nothing happens. Captain Valor slowly and with some difficulty pushes the switch two or three times. Nothing happens. He begins to look a little worried. We've got a problem. Wait a second. A2 pushes the switch again, and the life pod blasts off in a cloud of smoke and... (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember, like, they needed to, like, hack something, and their solution was, Hey, 3PO, get over here and push these buttons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, the same thing here, where Justin's, like, pushing the button, and he's like, nothing's happening, and the robot's like, hold on, and he pushes the button, and it works immediately. (laughs) <laughs> what a team we have together Couldn't do it without each other Are humans incapable of pushing buttons in the Star Wars universe? The right buttons Depends on uh, who you ask And what buttons you're asking Hey uh, A2 pushes the switch again And the life pod blasts off in a cloud of smoke and debris Oxus also seems to be having a problem Half the lights on his control panel Have gone dead He struggles to reactivate them my power's out. Is it a faulty switch? No, the whole bank is out. Oxus gives the princess a reassuring look, then punches some information into the computer. The monitor flashes, Income line main power. He looks outside the life pod and sees a damaged cable. I found it. You haven't much time. The auxiliary units have already blown. Oxus scrambles out of the life pod and rushes over to the severed connector. He works on it for a few moments, then stops with a rather defeated look. The princess watches him as he tries to think of a solution. A great explosion is heard in the forward part of the ship. Life pods, space, Yavin orbit. The two life pods containing the General, Han, and C3 drift away from the disabled starship. Where's Captain Valor? I can't see him either. Captain Valor uses the small rockets on his life pod to maneuver back toward the burning starship. He can hear the general over the intercom. Captain Valor, where are you? Report in. Valor reaches down and switches off the intercom. Aft section, starship, Yavin orbit. Oxus appears to have found a solution to his situation and rushes back to the princess. He reaches in and locks on the power switch. There's only one possible solution, and we must use it. Lock the hitch and make sure it is sealed. But what of? Another explosion creates a large bulge in the water of, in the wall of the aft section. We've no time. He slams the hatch shut and runs to the power connector. 
Smoke begins to fill the chamber as Oxus slams a large metallic dampening tool across the damaged connector terminals, and the life pod jettisons away. Life pods, space, Gavin orbit. The princess jettisons free as Captain Valor moves toward the crippled ship. Zara calls the general on the intercom. I'm alright, but Clegg is still on board. <laughs> Skywalker. My bad, my bad. <clears throat> Captain Vala, stay out of there. With a rumble, the starship disappears in a spectacular explosion, sending debris in all directions. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah! Valor stops his life pod and it starts to drift. He is weeping. Han and the general watch the remains of the explosion drift away. Captain Valor, stay near Zara. Use your beacon. Coordinate with us. Who was on that ship? I don't know. <laughs> uh, that ship? Didn't they just jettison off everybody we cared about? I th- Did they think so. I'm wondering why Valor is weeping. Maybe he doesn't know that Zara and Oxus... And well, then Skywalker's Skywalker. immediately like, stay near Zara. Oh, I don't know. Maybe just generally loss of life he didn't cry when his dad committed suicide for a battery he didn't <laughs> die when his brother was killed and then blown up maybe those were, those were casualties of war but i loved that ship so much oh i miss that ship my porn bonkers valor's intercom is weak and there is a great deal of static the life pods drift toward the awesome blue-green Yavin surface. The general loses sight of the other life pods as they descend through the cloud cover. Captain, I'm losing your beacon. Send me a new signal. All he gets is static. <laughs> the planet's surface rushes toward the falling life pods. Retro rockets automatically kick in and slow the pods. Two of the small craft break through the brown clouds and brown clouds and land in the dense steaming jungles. The sky is it just a strange light brown color? I thought it was blue green from space. That's I guess the the gr- the greenery in the water. Like like earth is blue and green. Oh. But when you get down there the sky is br- did he run out of sky colors? He's like, okay, yes. I used orange. I used <laughs> green. Got those crayons. I used red. Two moons, four moons. Or maybe he's <laughs> like, this is a moon, and let's give the moon a moon. Like, y- Yavin represents all of the planets we've seen already, and so if you mix all the colors of their atmosphere together, then it's brown. It's, it's brown. It's black. <laughs> You're fired, Jeff. Get out of my face. <laughs> no, I, I did research. I got my crayons. And it's brown. <laughs> when I get mad, I break them. <laughs> Bunch of brown yeah. construction paper all over the fucking ceiling of the studio. It's like you're really there. I need, I need butcher paper. <laughs> Brown screen. I consulted with a scientist to ask them how brown clouds could happen. 
And they said it was mostly dietary. I don't know what that meant. <laughs> uh, <laughs> seriously, brown clouds? C- come on, man. I've seen brown clouds. Have you? Oh, yeah. Maybe Have you, though? Texas? Absolutely fucking brown clouds. It's mm. dirty as fuck there. It's L.A.? <sighs> That's like gray. Filters. <laughs> no, it's brown. <laughs> That's only because it's color filters. The only thing I know about LA is from Speed. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only movie you've seen that takes place in LA. Don't watch a lot of movies. Don't know why I'm here. <laughs> I love reading movies. I feel like you saw Escape from LA, dude. Like. That's true. Escape from L.A. Why did this one get made? The fucking sky was brown. (laughs) Honestly, Escape from L.A. should be a script on this podcast. It should not have been an actual movie that really happened to the world. I'm about to say I didn't watch the second one. I watched the documentary, the first one. That sounds (laughs) much better. (laughs) See, what happened between Escape from New York and Escape from L.A. was John Carpenter went from being a name that you put on a poster because you want people to see the movie to a name that you put on the poster to warn people that this is the guy that made this one. Did that ever happen? Like, John Carpenter's Vampires. This one has the fat Baldwin. Come on! Ooh. (laughs) That looks good on a VHS cover. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, he's dead now, right? John Carpenter? Yeah. I, I think, think so. I, th- I think he died. I don't know Wes Craven died. Yeah, he did. I'll show him. That's what he gets for being a legend. Oh, my internet's on my computer's weird. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> hey, at least you got video this time. Yeah! That's true. Um, I have no idea. Brown color, that's right. Vine jungle, Yavin. The General's Life Pod crashes through the foliage until it comes to rest in the middle of a large, vine-covered tree. <clears throat> he grabs the two micropacks and climbs out of the life pad, life pod and onto a large, moss-covered limb. Han and C3 run to the base of the huge tree. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> Are you all right? Fine. Any signal from Captain Valor? Nothing yet. I think they landed further south. The general attaches a thin cable from his utility belt to the tree trunk and slides to the ground. Han takes the micropacks from him. The general looks around at the jungle. This is dangerous country. We'd better stay together. The wildlife... Fuck. uh, Fuck. The wildlife in the Forbidden System is extremely hostile. Perhaps we should seek shelter? Han inspects the power units of the micropacks. Puck's unit is very low. I can't tell if the unit is still functioning. We have to find a place to revive them. We'll start moving south. We should find protection along that ridge. Has anyone checked their liquid scientist brain vials to make sure those are safe? (laughs) <laughs> no. <laughs> so fucking bad. I mean, you got 30 scientists and you're just worried about this one kid? Come on. He's royalty, goddammit. He could be one of those scientists one day. One of those specific exact scientists because... Ugh. 
If you guys don't remember the liquid brains. I remember the liquid brains. I do not want a 60-year-old man inside my body. They're for any grooming. Reason. They're grooming <laughs> children. <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> I'm the one that got fucking gone. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here, Jeff. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> I love it. Uh, the general grabs one of the micropacks and starts off into the murky jungle. Han and C3 quickly follow. The jungle is a strange and eerie fog-laden purgatory. Gruesome and unnatural sound sounds permeate this ghostly wasteland. Everyone is cautious and on the alert for an unseen danger. Forest of the Gargantuans, Yavin. Captain Valor's life pod is also caught in the limbs of a gargantuan tree. The life pod has been ripped in half by one by the crash landing. The unconscious die hangs half out of the damaged craft. A two-foot-high insect-like creature scoots down a branch and onto the back of the dormant warrior. The insect lets out a chilling hissing sound and a slimy tube emerges from its hairy mouth, waking Valor. He is immediately aware of the insect. His eyes are open, but he doesn't move. Suddenly, with one quick blow, he knocks the creature against the side of the spacecraft and it is squashed lifeless. <laughs> Captain Valor is a little groggy, but he manages to climb out of the wreckage. He looks around for A2. Justin. A2, A2. Help! Valor turns and sees the little robot hanging upside down. One of his three feet caught in a vine. He lifts A2 out of his predicament and places him security, securely on a wide limb. Did you see Zara? She landed on the other side of the trees, approximately 800 meters. Does that remind you guys of the, the landing at uh, Dagobah yes. at all? Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. This is where like all the ideas came from and they're like, let's put these here. Let's organize this shit. Like <laughs> this might actually be it. Like, yeah. cause, cause it's just, it's just Justin who would is Luke and, uh, and R2. So yeah. this is, may end up like seeing his ghost. Yeah. Robot. Maybe Yoda. Yoda just randomly <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> I think it'll be his dad. It'll probably yeah. end up being his dad or well, his brother. He has to fight his brother and he cuts off his brother's head and then half his face explodes and he sees his own face underneath. His brother didn't know shit. <laughs> his brother was the first motherfucker to die in this goddamn movie. Well, come on, old buddy. Let's get ourselves out of this tree. Vine old jungle buddy. ridge. Yeah, they've old. known each other for like Two a weeks, day. <laughs> I think it was today that they met <laughs> come on old buddy <laughs> I, did, I skipped lunch <laughs> you want to go find something to eat <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. vine jungle ridge yavin the general han and c3 reach a shallow cave near the top of a steep ridge they quickly pull off the micro packs and place them on the on a clear piece of Because this shit's so dumb with like the Technicolor sky, You're when I read a clear piece clear. of ground, I thought he meant a piece of ground that was transparent. <laughs> I got real Glad confused. A clearing. Yes. <laughs> and 
an open spot of ground without shit all over it. I get it now. But you see how he's built this expectation of stupidity for me. Yes. You didn't, you didn't, you weren't putting in the context. Everybody knows when you put down the backpacks that hold royal princes that are, they got 60 year old brains in them, you want to find a clear piece of ground. But you're just off in la la land, man. <laughs> Get back to the real shit. They quickly pull off the micro packs and place them on a clear piece of ground at the mouth of the cave. This cave has a mouth? No. I, I think they, they, they tend to. This monster cave. <laughs> oh, like the hand puppet from the asteroid belt. Right, right. Even as a kid, I thought that shit looks dumb. That is a that is a sock puppet. I thought it was a porn star. What the fuck? Check out the inside. C three stand god. (laughs) Keep keep you eye on the countryside. That's a weird way to describe a vine jungle. Countryside. (laughs) Keep you eye out. Keep you eye on the countryside. Vine Jungle Ridge, Yavin. It, oh, wait, I just... Uh, he looks at the power units... Wait, is that where I am? Yes. He uh, looks at the power units on the micropacks and shakes his head with a worried look. Han returns from a survey of the inside of the cave. It doesn't go very far. There's nothing back there. Help me with this. Han helps the general lift to the top from the case containing Puck, the younger of the two princes. The small boy appears lifeless as the general pulls. <laughs> Sorry. He, he did. I'm just hoping they are carrying a, a five-year-old corpse around. For all this He's just time. been dead for a while. Like he actually looks at the micro pack, and there's a fucking blaster hole in it like, from when they got to fight in the airport. <laughs> He's been dead for a while. It's it's the one with the power unit that they pulled out of uh, Justin's dad, That's and it just right. was always faulty. <laughs> or he pulled the wrong part of himself out. <laughs> he just gave him the wrong battery, the reserve. Ah, uh, sorry. Uh, the small boy appears lifeless as the general pulls him from his encasement and rests him on the cave floor. Han pulls a small respirator out of the micropacks and places it over the boy's nose. The general attaches two electrodes to his heart. He doesn't look good. (laughs) The little prince begins to turn blue. The general grows tense. Puck starts to regain consciousness, but begins coughing and choking, then goes limp again. The general quickly props Puck's mouth open with a small plastic rod and checks the reading on his power pack. We need more power. Tap off O-T-O-I-O's unit quickly. Yeah. Oeta's unit. Oeta's? Oeta's? Oh, okay. That's the name of the other kid. Yeah. He then places Puck's arms behind his back and starts pressing on his chest with sharp rhythmic movements. Han attaches new electrodes to the boy's heart. Puck again comes to, choking and coughing. Finally, he begins to cry. The general takes the plastic tube from Puck's mouth and tenderly pats him on the back. Let's get Oeda out of here. He shouldn't be a problem. Forest of the Gargantuans, Yavin. Valor slams close the hatch of Princess Zara's life pod. In the distance, the subhuman cries of lonesome tree beasts cut through the forest murmur. 
There's a bunch of incel fucking gorillas. <laughs> Notice me, senpai! Perhaps you went in search of us. Valor studies the ground around the capsule. There are a great many footprints and much broken foliage. Someone's got her. She put up quite a fight. It's an easy trail to follow. I know what footprints look like when you've punched a princess. These don't look like lonely virgin footprints like the rest of you <laughs> subhumans. I love these are princess, princess punching stuff. footprints. <laughs> he, just, he just come to the planet to fucking roast the wildlife. Yeah, no, they like crawl down the fucking tree on Zara and they're like, <laughs> my lady. <laughs> 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 Tip for <laughs> Vine Ridge Jungle, Yavin. Both Oweda and Puck are sleeping restlessly on the floor of the cave. Han watches over them as the general scans the valley below with a pair of electro binoculars. It's about 14 degrees below the horizon, a little to the left. The electrobinoculars sweep the rich green landscape until they come to rest on a bright reflection, revealing some type of structure. It's too small to be a military base. Could belong to a trapper. Highly unusual. It's on the way. Perhaps we should investigate. Little Oeta wakes up with a giant yawn. Hey, where are we? That was a good little kid voice. Appreciate it, mister. Forest of the Gargantuans, Yavin. The Gargantuan trees are shrouded in mist, and the ominous sounds of unearthly creatures fill the air. Captain Valor moves quietly and cautiously, followed by A2, who inadvertently makes a loud clicking sound. The young warrior stops and motions to the stubby little robot. Wait here. If I don't return by 0200, come looking for me. Oh my god. The mechanical dwarf acknowledges with his computer light. Valor moves swiftly and silently forward until he hears laughing and voices. He climbs up the bankside of a huge tree and inches his way out onto one of the huge overhanging branches. Below him, he can see a group of scruffy alien trappers sitting around a neutron stove joking and telling stories parked on either side of the group are two what um i need a science spacey adjective for a stove they would cook with neutrons (laughs) and only neutrons no protons or electrons no only neutral cooking Okay, I gotta get through this. This is so fucking much. Okay. Uh, Parts on either side of the group are two large tank-like jungle crawlers. Behind the crawlers, five Jawas, huge gray and furry beasts, you know, Jawas, hang upside down in a tree. Occasionally, they thrash about in great anger and frustration. The trappers speak in a... strange language, and although they appear slightly human, they are slimy, deformed, hideous-looking creatures. They're 
They're slimy and furry. Wait, where's the where was the furry part? Oh. Two large tank-like jungle crawlers. Behind the crawlers, five Jawas, huge gray and furry beasts, hang upside down in a tree. Oh, there's speaker. There's there's the trappers, and then the Jawas the are Jawas. hanging in the tree. Yeah. Okay. The trappers speak in a strange language, and although they appear slightly human, they are slimy, deformed, hideous-looking creatures. Two of the trappers yell at each other in a friendly argument. One shirtless creature goes into a crawler, and the remaining eight laugh hysterically. Captain Valor moves further out onto the limb to get a better view. A couple of pieces of bark break loose and float a hundred feet to the ground. The trappers fail to notice. Moments later, the shirtless trapper emerges from the crawler with the princess held unconscious and half-naked over his head. Valor's rage knows no bounds. With a terrifying die war cry, the young captain jumps from the tree, sails over a hundred feet, and with great agility lands in the middle of the startled trappers in one continuous rapid motion. He ignites his laser sword and cuts down three of the vile creatures. Why? The shirtless trappers, because this is Anakin and the sand people. But he did they didn't do anything. She's half naked. They've clearly been taking turns raping her since she landed. Oh, wait. They're not even there. It's not even them. It's, uh, this is just, this is George's thing. I, I want a young, a young apprentice Jedi to just murder a whole group of people without even getting any context for what might be happening. <laughs> he just jumps in like someone's definitely in trouble. <laughs> And then later he's going to be talking to Zar and he's going to be like, I hate vines. They get <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> uh, he ignites his later sword, blah, blah, blah. The shirtless trapper swings the princess over his shoulder and runs back into the huge jungle crawler. Two other trappers reach for their pistols, but the die has killed them before their weapons can clear leather. The three remaining creatures have their pistols out and start firing. Explosions erupt all around Valor. One blast hits the branch holding the Jawas and they collapse with a loud screech in a heap. One of the trappers is caught in the crossfire and is blown apart. When the smoke clears, Valor lies unconscious amid the burning rubble. The jungle crawler begins to move out of the camp. The last two trappers run after it. One is able to jump on board, but the second trapper runs too close to the now free Jawas. Boma, one of the furry giants, grabs him and snaps him in two, like a stick of wood. The jungle crawler disappears in the forest mist. The eight-foot Boma, who resembles a huge gray bush baby with fierce baboon-like fangs, struggles to free his companions. Valor remains semi-conscious and attempts to get, get up, only to groan and collapse back into unconsciousness. The Jawas gather around him and poke him a couple of times to see if he is still alive. They squawk and jabber, apparently in some kind of argument. Finally, Juan, the largest of the Jawas, picks up Valor and puts him over his shoulder. The group disappears into the jungle foliage. Table Reads will return after this brief word from our sponsors. 
What's up, docs and docettes? Trevor Thompson, the self-appointed Looney Tunes critic here, and if you like old cartoons and watching online reviewers dissect them, then you probably said the same thing I did about two years ago. Hey, what the fuck? Here, watch your language, you bud. Every Saturday morning, I do a brand new commentary of a Warner Brothers short. All throughout the month, I do video essays examining the history of these cartoons. Catch my videos on youtube.com slash ferriswheelhouse2, or just use the hashtag Looney Tunes Critic. And now, here's Eric Bauza, the new voice of Bugs Bunny. You've been listening to the Looney Tunes Critic. Ain't he a stinker? Lights, camera, action. So the movie's kaput, which means your script ain't worth the buffalo shit on a nickel. Now, back to table reads. Guys, I think that we're on track to finish this script tonight, which would be not this episode, but the next one. Nice. Oh, shit. Which we really need to do, because if this thing goes more than eight episodes, George Lucas wins, and I am not prepared for that. (laughs) He ain't never won nothing. He'll never beat me. I just went and seen every Star Wars movie and gave him my money. Every but, single time ever. But he will beat me again. Not for a tenth time, goddammit. George has gotten so much of my goddamn money. So much. I mean, I don't even want to talk. Like, I worked at Target in the toy department back in, like, 99, I think. And honestly, I was just working there in exchange for Star Wars toys, basically. Oh, the bartering <laughs> system. I love it. That's funny. I mean, they gave me a paycheck. I just gave it right back. It's like working at a liquor store. (laughs) That's like working as a drug dealer. (laughs) Wait. It's like working in a whorehouse. (laughs) Wait. Yeah. We're we're going through all the vices, right? Working in a whorehouse. (laughs) Or whores are the exact same thing as Star Wars there. toys, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, but the, in the in your in the scenario, you want to be a part of the vice. I don't think being the vice is the thing. Oh no, no, I don't mean. Like, <laughs> I wish I was cocaine. Uh, is there are there whorehouses that have men and women? There Someone's got to clean up and shit. They're not doing their own laundry. Oh, oh, okay. You're like you're like like doing the laundry. You're yeah, the or the maintenance guy. The you know. <laughs> This is great. I just need Jesus all day. The other guy, I just know a bunch of people are having a good time. Jeff. Yeah, they're just, you know, they do the fucking, I do the cleaning. <laughs> Jeff, did you My never baby. realize that the whorehouses need to have their air conditioning fixed? Boy, did I not, but I know what I'm doing <laughs> on Monday. <laughs> Gonna make a few calls. Condition her air. Got her. Fade in. Treehouse, Forest of the Gargantuans, Yavin. Han and C3 carry the two little boys on their shoulders. The general stops on the edge of a clearing and motions for the others to be still. Oeda turns around and signals his little brother to be quiet. On the opposite side of the clearing, a small metal structure is attached to one of the huge trees. It is a small, weather-beaten hut of futuristic design. <laughs> it's a future hut! <laughs> It's a hut, but it's futuristic. It's like, like 1962. Future it's a straw hut. hut made out of carbon fiber. Instead of <laughs> instead of st- a straw thatched roof, it's all car aerials. 
I just want nothing but LEDs lining the walls. Um, <clears throat> it, it appears deserted. The general <clears throat> cautiously approaches the structure. Howdy, stranger. What can I offer you? The general spins around and sees Hutho, an aged and scruffy-looking anthropologist. Who's scruffy-looking? <laughs> Sorry, I had to say who's scruffy-looking. Hutho. It's Hudo. <laughs> I think it's Hudo. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say though because it's funnier. Yeah. Who though? I'm Hudo of Bastine. Who though? Who though? Me. That's what I said. <laughs> Me. T H O. I don't know about that though. So you're who though? I just told you. <laughs> I'm the anthropologist leader. Who though? The general takes the old man's extended hand. I'm Luke Skywalker of Tanawi. He signals for the others to join him in the clearing. Wookie Camp, Yavin. A small caravan of Jawas led by Boma. These Jawas have names. Led. Okay, I just gotta say, here's another instance, two instances in Star Wars of. Probably for budget reasons, large creatures becoming small creatures. Jawas are supposed to be big, hairy beasts, and they end up as midgets in robes. And then the the Ewoks were supposed to be Wookies, but small people are cheaper, or well, they needed less the fur or something. Yeah, I don't you know. Get cheaper costumes, like because you can get like children's costumes for most of the Ewoks and the Jawas. And I just shit. I want to be the producer that went to George and went, okay, George. You can have six Wookiees or, hear me out, 36 killer teddy bears. Because well, he was able to cast them cheaper, right? Wasn't there only like two adult Ewoks and the rest were just children running around? They, were, they were little person children. Like, oh, Warwick no, no Davis way. was a little person and a child. He was like nine years old. Oh, shit. I thought he was older than that. Okay. No, he was was a little kid the first time he played Wicked. Oh, okay. Interesting. I did not know that. Yeah, so I I guess they were like, well, um, there are six actors over seven feet in the United Kingdom. Um, But for reasons unknown, just a whole village of little people you're spoiled for choice and they all have their own teddy bear outfits for some reason this is already called Yavin where there were not any Jawas or Ewoks or Wookiees Um, we, we were on Yavin 4 though yes which I don't know if that's the fourth planet in the Yavin system or the fourth moon of the planet Yavin? Who knows but this guy who doesn't know? It's not me. All I know is that shit was in the way of the Death Star. (laughs) And nobody on the Death Star thought, why don't we just blow up the planet that's blocking the moon? 
And then we can shoot a, the moon. If a moon didn't have its planet, wouldn't it just kind of like fall apart, right? We just go AWOL, right? Like a, yeah, like yeah, just a like planet. fuck off and like get sucked into a sun or something. Like yeah, and, yeah but I mean that's long term. When you have when you, when the people you're trying to kill have spaceships, that's not really a a tactic you can depend on. You know what I'm saying? I mean, doesn't the plant? Doesn't the okay? Never mind. I don't care. So instead of waiting, <laughs> instead of waiting to like clear the planet, you can just shoot the planet and blow it up, and then wait to recharge your gun, which has got to be less time, right? I. And then blow them up. Hey, one guy in the YouTube comment, tell us how long it takes to recharge the Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You you have to come and give us all the information so that I don't have to talk so much. You yeah, dick. <laughs> Whoa! An appendix in the YouTube condom con, con, uh, comment section. The YouTube condom. <laughs> YouTube condom, baby. Uh, hey, that guy wasn't our patron. You know any of our patrons? So like, he was in the YouTube Fuck. channel. Oh you yeah. Know, if if he, he was a patron, I mean, I'd be I'd be. Sucking his balls. Well, but, uh, I just, I'd, I'd politely tell him why he was wrong, instead of being like, "Why are you?" Uh, well, I feel like the patrons are actually, you know, they kind of understand why we're doing what we're doing. Like it's not an audio book; it's like a dissection of this shit that didn't get made, and us being like, "This is why it probably didn't get fucking made." Yeah, who wants a straightforward reading of this? It's garbage. That's the point. They didn't even want to put this on film, <laughs> let alone like a podcast, like an audio book. You got to buy a fucking Amazon. And when they're good, they pretty much are straightforward readings like Preacher by John August. Yeah, that's true. Because if it's good, we don't have shit to make fun of. This shit's that dumb. Gladiator. <laughs> Gladiator 2, baby. <laughs> well, Gladiator 2 was good in its own way. But not in a way that kept us from fucking talking. The part where it ended, that was good. We we make them <laughs> we make them better though. Like we make them into like what because we don't always try to make them like a professional version of whatever it was trying to be. I, I know for sure, like I don't I'd rather embrace the fucking strangeness and the weird a lot of the times I think it just doesn't go far enough. Yeah. Like it's the parts yeah. that I make fun of because they, they write this really dumb thing and I'm like, yeah, but if you wrote it dumber, it would make sense. Yeah, and it starts to transcend makes- its dumbness when it yeah. becomes yeah. Like the Indiana Jones we read. Like let me uh so that if we're gonna finish this up, we we're gonna need it. we're gonna need to decide on our next script. And here's one that I don't know whether we should do or not at all. But I have Robert Smeagol's Green Lantern script that would have starred Jack Black. Oh, oh shit! A long time ago. Yeah, let's do that one. <laughs> but but that's meant to be funny and dumb. So I don't know if oh, it fits. Sweet. You know what I mean? Right. We're reading a comedy at that point. I mean, this is the guy that that created uh, the ambiguously gay duo and yeah, triumph the insult comic dog. Yeah. Oh no, we can't read that. Not, not on we, here. We can't. We can't do better than that guy. Yeah, we'd have to. We'd have to really focus on timing that entire fucking script. Right. Yeah. 
And we'd have to read a little bit ahead almost the whole time for yeah. it to make any sense. Like we would we would just end up feeling like assholes. Like, wow, that's really funny. Ha 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 ha. Like Right. Reading a joke is fucking yeah, great. Yeah. As long as it's a meme, right? Like yeah. Yeah, if you're I'm sure the quality of the script isn't the reason that movie didn't get made. It has yeah. to be like DC was like, no, we want to like a uh, fucking legit superhero movie because we're not. Yeah, ready. we don't. <laughs> we're not ready to like, be experimental yet. One, and then they made the fucking Green Lantern anyway. Suck. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. Wait we don't for talk about that fun. though. On our next table reads, I'd love to read the transcript from Dave Chappelle's "Killing Them Softly." Let's <laughs> see if any of the jokes still fucking fly. Right. Yeah. If any of those land them. real good, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> dry reading them. <laughs> Yeah, then we're going to have a whole bunch of comments on YouTube. Oh my god. I would we should do a podcast where we just read transcripts of like Trump's rambling like off the cuff <laughs> comments. Right. Like if, <laughs> if it was a map, it would be like I don't know, some 90-year-old woman lost driving around a jungle or something. I don't know. Well, we got a couple ideas from this script, so we're going to hash those out in the meantime. Okay. Wookiee Camp, a small caravan of Jawas, <laughs> led by Boma, enters a small clearing surrounded by many bark and mud hovels. Are these ones futuristic too? Young Jawas race ahead of the group, yelling and running in and out of the grubby little dwellings. Giant, bush baby-like Jawas of all ages and sizes make their way into the clearing. Many stand dumbfounded, but others let out a joyful scream and rush up to members of the group, hugging and kissing them. Juan dumps the unconscious captain on a raised area in the middle of the clearing. Armed Jawas immediately surround the helpless human. Boma enters the largest of the lodges. He is greeted by his father. Oh, fuck me. Get it. Ozituk, chief like of the Kapa. Kapauku tribe. He is an old and feeble Jawa, dressed in royal skins and headdress. Interior, Anthropologist Hut, Yavin. Anthropologist Tho, the general, Han, and the children sit around a large table eating. Tho yells into the kitchen. Baru, where's the Thanta sauce? Baru, really? And Baru! Baru, though. Oh, I hope they have a child named that ass. But it's Baru, though. <laughs> and, the, and their daughter. That ass, though. That ass, though. <laughs> Baru, though. Ku's warm, plump wife. What the fuck? <laughs> enters. Hey, hey, darling, I put you in. Enters the, in carrying the a small picture with her butthole. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Enters Wait, carrying a small picture. <laughs> she smiles at Ku. Got him. Wait, who's Ku? Ku though. Ku though. I thought it was who though. No, it's Ku though. I'm Ku though. No, I'm Ku though. Who's Ku though? No, it was who though. Ku <laughs> though. Yeah, it's H U U. It's H U U. This is K U U. You don't even know his name. I love it. This is H U U. Now I thought it was K U U. Maybe it's Baru? just a typo. I can be Baru. You want me to be Baru? Uh, no, Sean, you be Baru because we got a Skywalker in this transition. Oh, there you go. Okay. 
Um, <clears throat> I swan. I put it right here in front of you so you'd see it. Here's some bum bum extract. It's very mild. What? There are no, <laughs> there are no settlers in the south since the Dow family is was wiped out. I'm afraid I couldn't even get in there to bury them. Those Jawas are the fiercest critters I ever run across. A new tribe joined in down there just about a year ago. It's been hell ever since. Only Euralian trappers venture in there now, and many of them don't even come back. Where's the nearest city? No cities at all. Only a few scattered settlers and one royal outpost. But the troops are of no help. They kill all the plunder rather than protect enough. If your friends landed further south, I'd fear for them. How far is the outpost from here? Five leagues. An oppressive blight. What class is it? How many support craft? It's very small. A class two. Only ten or twelve star raiders, I think. Baru fusses over the boys who refuse to eat their vegetables. She makes up a game which tricks them into eating. The general ponders the situation and whether this character was even fucking necessary. Han eats like he hasn't eaten in years. Who, the, who, who though ain't gay though? He got a, he's got a wife, see? And her nickname is that ass though. That ass though. Because she's plump and she's got that bum bum extract. Yeah. Speaking of bum bum, look at this block of text here. This is nice. Oh, I haven't turned the page. <laughs> Jawa camp. Yavin. Captain Valor is surrounded by Jawas. Young ones push through to get a better look as the adults jabber and argue about... Oh, fuck me. Jabber and argue about the human. Valor regains consciousness with a groan and a sudden hush sweeps over the gathering. Valor staggers to his feet and the group of Jawas back away en masse. Just like the Ewoks. The young... The young Dai surveys the situation for a few moments. The Jawas appear to be frightened of this brave warrior. He reaches for his weapons, but they are gone. Three guards with long spears attempt to contain Valor. With a loud shout, he lunges at them, and they give him a little room. Jamilian, a large, ferocious Jawa who has a name for no reason, steps forward. He says something to the guards, and they quickly move away. He struts before Captain Valor, boasting and taunting him with his spear and battle axe. The captain studies the Jawa warrior as he paces back and forth, his helmet plumes dancing and chest armor jangling. Without warning, Valor lets out another loud yell, startling Jomelia into backing off. Captain Valor continues his verbal assault, calling the uncomprehending Jawa all manner of vile and degrading things. That I'm not going to bother writing. I'll just have the actor make it up, I guess. <laughs> Jamilia continues to back into the surrounding crowd, momentarily confused by this odd behavior. Slowly, Jamilia begins to grin. He takes a defensive stance, then begins to laugh hysterically. <laughs> this stops Valor. The giant Jawa swings his deadly double-bladed battle axe over his head and expertly throws it directly at the young captain's head. To the amazement of Jumilia and the other Jawas, Captain Valor, with Dai Noga's skill and concentration, 
catches the axe in midair, then charges the furry opponent. Jamilia is caught off guard, but manages to block Valor's attack with his spear. The two warriors engage in a savage and fantastic duel. Valor cuts the Jawa's spear in half, but is hit along the side of the head by the shaft and is momentarily dazed. The battle axe is knocked from his hands. He grabs the spear shaft and rams the giant creature in the belly. <sighs> A loud command from outside the crowd stops the fight. The Jawas part, revealing Boma and his father, who approach the two warriors. Jamilia bows before his chief and is commanded to move away. Boma speaks to Valor. The captain doesn't understand, but welcomes the chance to catch his breath. Boma then presents his father, who steps forward and bows before the mighty die. Boma bows also, as the crowd of Jawas chatter in disbelief. Nope, 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 nope. When the chief and his sons rise, Valor bows before them. This pleases the Jawas, and they screech and cheer. I didn't mean yub yub. I meant it's a bat, it's a bat. <laughs> whatever the fuck Jawas say. His punishment for, for killing a bunch of them was to come back to their village and attempt to kill another one. No, he killed the trappers, which freed the Jawas who had been trapping them. So his Fuck. reward for freeing them from captivity was to take him and point a bunch of weapons at him and then throw an axe at him. Thank you for my freedom. Axe throw. <laughs> Are you worthy of saving me? Um, Treehouse, Forest of the Gargantuans, Yavin. Mr. and Mrs. Though stand on the balcony of their treehouse with C3 and the two little princes, Oeta and Puck. Han and the general emerge with large survival backpacks and multi multiple laser weapons. Skywalker! We'll call for you when we've found them. Your orders are quite clear. The boys will be quite safe. I have no decided that we shall stay here. <laughs> Don't worry. The patrols never come out this far. We'll take good care of the boys. Your kindness will surely be rewarded. Just be careful out there. Wait, wait. Is he leaving the princes with them, like, uh, indefinitely? Like, yeah, he's leaving like them with fuck C3, the right? chrome companies. You guys... Stay with these anthropologists we found in this I futuristic have, hut. I have to go look for people that I'm not sure if they're alive or where they are. <laughs> I'll be so back. maybe maybe just like watch the kids while I go look for my friends. I guess and that makes more kids. sense. So that's probably not it. <laughs> Your kindness will surely be rewarded. I'm not saying I will reward it. I'm just saying, like, karma, you know? Yeah, may the force be with you or whatever. <laughs> may the force <laughs> of others be with you. Yeah, and their, and their money. Uh, sorry, read <clears throat> your line again. Just be careful out there. He pats Skywalker on the back as the old die and the ever-faithful Han descend from the treehouse. At the base of the huge tree, the warriors climb aboard two small rocket-powered platforms. They're pretty old. I hope they'll be all right. 
Out here, they're a wonderment. C3 and the kids wave as the gel sticks start with a whine. They idle about five feet above the ground. Good hunting. May the force of others be with you. Han and the general wave as they ride off into the foreboding Yavin sunset. Jawa Camp, Yavin, night. A beautied but f- a beautiful but frenzied fire festival is underway. Jawas perform the Waita Tar dance and yodel in a barking fashion around a large fire. The female Jawas arrive, carrying torches and move in a circle around the males. The giant creatures are too involved to notice little A2 making his way around the dancers. The stubby robot stops near one of the mud huts and looks around. He then wobbles off toward the large chief's quarters and enters. Dissolve. Ooh. Jawa. I'm sure what he meant was cheesy, outdated wipe. Yeah, you gotta wipe across the screen. <laughs> Jawa Camp, Yavin, morning. A2 exits the chief's hut and looks around. It is a quiet gray morning. A low mist hangs over the now deserted clearing. He turns and signals back into the hut. Captain Valor cautiously emerges from the mud house. He wears a crude backpack and carries a large battle axe. They start across the clearing. Suddenly, out of nowhere, Boma is standing before them. He says nothing, but scratches his head and then circles around Captain Valor. We're leaving. We must go. Stand away. The huge Jawa kneels and bows down in front of the young Dai. Valor looks down and smiles. Rise, my friend. We will meet again. Valor walks toward the jungle and Boma scurries ahead of him and bows down once more. What does he want? Valor shakes his head and rubs his several days' growth of beard. He leans down toward Boma. Stand up so we can talk properly. Boma jabbers in a questioning fashion. He's gonna have to fuck this Wookiee. (laughs) I am grateful to you and your people, but I must go. I wish you understood me. I would make things go so much easier. Go! Go! Now it's the end of Harry and the Hendersons. I'm not gonna fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember that line from Harry and the Hendersons. It was my favorite. (laughs) PG-13s used to be so much better. (laughs) Valor turns away and begins to walk toward the jungle again. Boma gets to his feet and runs after the die, following a few paces behind. Valor notices the Jawa following them and shakes his head. Forest of the Gargantuans. Trapper site? Yavin. The bodies of the killed trappers are covered with rat-sized insects. Ugh. Or just rats. (laughs) A laser explosion erupts in the middle of the slimy creatures and they scamper into the underbrush. Han and the general turn over one of the dead trappers. They ran into something. It's strange. They left their dead. Something. The constant cacophony of the jungle creatures suddenly stops. The two warriors scan the jungle for possible danger. Han draws his laser pistol. 
The cacophony starts again as the general ignites his laser sword. Two or three moving this way from the east. He listens more closely for a few moments. It's A2. Captain Valor and A2 break out of the dark foliage into the clearing. He waves to Han and the general. A2 waddles a few paces behind. Boma sees the humans and stops at the edge of the jungle. He watches as Captain Valor and the general carry on an animated conversation. Han sees the Jawa lurking in the shadows. You were followed. He wouldn't stay. He's the one I saved. Han calls out to Boma in the Jawa's own language, and the huge lumbering creature approaches the group. Oh yeah, Han's a giant green hairy creature also. I forgot. Han and the Jawa talk for a few moments, then embrace as if they were old friends. Captain Valor is surprised. This is Boma, son of Azuitut, prince of the Sawas, a very powerful tribe. It seems they've made you a god. The general smiles. Captain Valor is embarrassed. Vine Jungle Ridge. Yavin. Captain Valor joins the general on a ridge overlooking the royal outpost of Mavasi. Uh, All that can be seen of the fortress is a lone guard standing on a small pedestal jutting out above the dense jungle. Like on Yavin, when they're landing and the guy's like... Got a little speed gun. (laughs) The trail leads directly to the outpost. Patrols are probably out looking for us by now. Finding her in there isn't going to be easy. Getting in there is going to be impossible, but we should use, but we could sure use those starships. Captain Valor spots something moving in the jungle. He scans the area with his electro laser binoculars. <laughs> he just added that word. <laughs> electro <laughs> electro laser neuron binoculars. This isn't that model. <laughs> it's just Some regulars. Multiple electro binoculars. Something's going on down there. Han! Han moves up next to Valor, followed closely by Boma. Your eyes are better than mine. What do you make of that? They look like Jawas. Hundreds of them. Han turns and speaks to Boma, gesturing toward the movement far below of the jungle. Apparently it's a siege. They've been harassing the outpost for almost two years. Have they ever tried to take the fortress? Han relays this to Boma. He says they've made several assaults, but they're no match for the weapons. It's only a class three fortress. Maybe they just need a little help. Is this Helm's Deep now? No, this is the battle from Jedi. Yeah, they just stopped just to take this shit over for no reason. There's no no strategic advantage to this side quest. And we're almost done with this fucking script. Oh, page 99. Oh, I'm getting excited. But I'm saying they're setting up like a whole conflict, like a yeah. whole fucking thing. And there's no reason for it. Are we about to get a fucking Yojimbo montage where he like trains the fucking Ewoks on how to like be better soldiers and shit like that? That's very funny. <laughs> As evidenced by your tone. That's very <laughs> funny. <laughs> so fucking funny. Uh... <laughs> I, I also love that we've completely forgotten about the evil galactic kingdom at this point. Yep. 
Like, Can we keep doing the stupid shit? That's just a whole, this is like if they got down to uh, Endor, and it had nothing to do with the Empire at all. Yes, it's they, they got bad. down to the they got down to Endor, and we're like, okay, all these Ewoks are trying to take over this castle. Let's uh, just help them out. <laughs> <laughs> Luke's just hanging from the underside of Cloud City and Empire Strikes Back. He's like, Leia. She's like, sorry, I was helping these guys start a grocery store on their plan. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> I'll be I'll be over there in a minute. But no, I it's, love it. it's it's a co-op. It's only organic. There are no meat okay. products. Luke, you're gonna love it. I'm talking two thumbs up. He's like, I can't do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I only got one thumb, unless you want to go look down there in the wreckage. Help! Uh, where the fuck are we? Oh, uh, Captain Valor grins, and Han says something to Boma, who becomes excited and screeches loudly. In interior treehouse, Yavin, the incoming signal alarm on the anthropologist's radio system wails through the calm of the treehouse. Oeda, dragging an eight-legged furry rodent, rushes up to the old radio and flips the receiver. Jeff, you're Oeda, the little kid. Oh, I'm reading you. Go ahead. Oeda, how are you getting along? Great. I caught a thumper, a really big one. His name is Amber. He yanks on the leash and the furry beast lets out a strained yelp. Good, Oeda. How's your brother? Are you taking good care of him? Oh, sure. He's out collecting Abyss. Sorry. Abyss with who and Baru. I'm, I'm in charge here. Did you find Zara? Not yet. We'll be away for a while. You too, though. Until we return. <laughs> you mind, though. <laughs> you mind, though. You mind, though, until we return. May the force of others be with you. All right. Take care. C3, he's like his his whole planet didn't get blown up from his perspective whole, literally like 20 minutes ago. The yeah. whole reason they're here is to get the princess somewhere else. I'm just like, fuck off. Like, now that that baggage is unloaded, we can do other cool shit now. You want to try to drink one of these brains? I want to fuck this bear. Huh. <laughs> 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 C3 enters the room carrying a plate of steaming food. Oeda turns the radio off and puts the receiver away. A crashing sound and voices are heard in the clearing below. Come and eat your dinner. They're back. They're back. Come on, Ember. The furry rodent jumps up onto its eight stubby legs and rushes over to the door and eats the child's face. <laughs> and rushes Yippee! over to the door, but stops short and begins to growl. Oeda stops behind the creature. What is it, Amber? Oeda peeks out the window and sees a patrol of six royal stormtroopers. Okay, hold on. George is like, you know, it would be great as if he had a dog that would, like, warn him that it was stormtroopers coming. But I didn't give him a dog. So maybe he just randomly caught an animal and it's already obedient and subservient to him and wants to warn him of danger. What is two dogs with eight legs? Right. It's two <laughs> dogs 
that have been melded into one creature, and its name is Amber. Amber, yay! Like my bitch ex. <laughs> it's a rat dog, just like that bitch. It like, just wants my money. It's a, it's a spider rat dog. <laughs> Ooh, a spider. Ooh, an ugly fat bitch. It can't have a stable relationship because it's always working. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. <laughs> a waiter peeks out the window and sees a patrol of six royal stormtroopers climbing out of an air tank. He ducks back and tugs Amber away from the door. Quiet. <laughs> the music. Fuck. <laughs> Quiet. Amber, come here. Come on. Yeah, he's What's worried. Wrong? He's worried the spider dog is going to give away their position in the metal future hut. They're here for her electric bill. <laughs> gotta, gotta get away. What's wrong? Troopers, we must hide. Stay quiet. Oweda and the robots scramble for a trap door near a large shelf. The troops begin to climb the ladder to the treehouse. The trap door is heavy, and the robot and the little boy struggle to get it open. The troops break in the door just as C3 closes the trap door. The troopers are led by a rough-looking sergeant. They poke around. Tearing everything apart. Oeda struggles to keep Amber quiet. Suddenly, he realizes something. The food! The sergeant takes the bowl of food from the table and studies it. He then takes a small chrome ball from his pocket and tosses it into the air. Antennae shoot from its surface as it floats around the room. Eventually, it hovers over the trap door. My, my initial idea for a drone is literally Sputnik. <laughs> I'll Sp- throw a metal ball. With antenna, it's Sputnik. I don't know why we just led, didn't just lead with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's just stay in the tank and throw out the little Sputniks. Only when I'm pretty sure they're in there will I use the tracking system that I have. First, give me a thermometer. I found some food. How hot is this food? Is it hot enough to use the thing? (laughs) (laughs) This will tell us if they've gone further than the range of the metal ball. (laughs) We have not perfected batteries. (laughs) As evidenced by that power pack over there that, oh, hey, there's a power pack over there. I bet a prince used to be in that. God damn this movie. Uh, eventually, it hovers over the trapdoor. A sinister grin sweeps across. He needed a flying little robot to go. There's a fucking trap. The trapdoor. It's huh? <laughs> like fish in a barrel. <laughs> the robot found the only entrance in the entire building that we didn't walk through. <laughs> what a good boy. job, robot. Uh, a sinister grin sweeps across the sergeant's face as he moves over to the trap door and puts the chrome ball back into his pocket C2 puts an arm around Oeda who is desperately clutching the struggling thumper all the movement down them stops all the movement above them stops and Oeda looks to the robot they're still up there stay still (laughs) <laughs> He's still gonna move his arms. 
Ah! The silence continues. Then suddenly the trap door swings open with a loud bang. Amber breaks away from Oeda and attacks the sergeant. One of the other troopers cuts Thumper in half with his laser sword. No! He's been my best friend for three minutes! <laughs> I miss Amber. Oh. <laughs> sergeant the stupid bitch gets killed. The sergeant pulls Oeda out of his hiding place. Oeda stares at the dead Thumper. Well, well, here's one of them anyway. <laughs> Send seekers in all directions. Find the others. Again, Sergeant, why did we not start with that? <laughs> <laughs> they are stormtroopers. Well, yeah. I, I, Jeff was like, I'm going German. And I was like, yes, I'm with you on this journey, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. Fade out. Giving you motherfuckers a cliffhanger is what we're doing. He's all like, find the others. Will he? Won't he? You're going to have to come back next week. fucking sucks (laughs) (laughs) thanks Jeff you summed up the whole episode of content on this fucking script like hey hey at least the evil galactic kingdom has shown its face again that yeah right we we didn't get them until the last page of this entire episode there was no mention of them at all so so whole planet like, and they're just like, yeah, I'm going to walk in that general direction, and I'm sure I will run into them eventually. So wait, did the younger, did Puck go with the those? Yeah, the, Puck's with those because they're out uh, hunting. They're, they're, I got the impression they were doing something along the lines of like hunting truffles. No, he's he's out collecting Abyss with who and Baru. Yeah, in my mind, it was like like digging up truffles. I don't know. All right. I don't know why Abyss made me think. Yeah, they're probably digging in the ground for some uh, expensive fungus. Sure, that's whatever you want it to be. Imagine I'm the boss. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's because George Lucas relies on you to make his scripts good. Ain't that the <laughs> truth? Please make my movies better for me. Please make them better. Josh, where can people make their lives better? Well, man, you could make your life better by going to joshuajbaker.com and hooking up with me to do some videography or maybe some voice acting if you'd like to do that also. I'm in the Atlanta area and we'll have some fun times. Give me a call. Shoot me an email. All right. For all your Table Reads goodness, you can go to tablereadspodcast.com. Also, check out my other podcast, Stargirl After Show, where I'm doing interviews with all the cast of Stargirl. Guys, I just interviewed fucking Joel McHale. <gasps> yeah. Uh, that was that was pretty thrilling. He gave me his phone number. I've got Joel McHale's phone number. So oh, shit. if uh, you got some dick pics you want me to text him or something, <laughs> let me know. Dox, Dox, is there a two in it? <laughs> is there a two in it? What? <laughs> You give them one letter and or one number, and the internet will find that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I believe it's a Los Angeles area code. Go wild, internet. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we will see you next week for what I am fucking convinced is going to be the epic conclusion, at least the conclusion, of the Star Wars. Um, so that's it for us. Until then, uh, we will miss you. This podcast was created by Sean McBee. For more, visit TableReadsPodcast.com. Cut to black.